Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. Bree James here with you today. Now, today our guest Rachel Schofield chats about the importance of a heartfelt apology and the impact these apologies can have on others. Now, remember to stay tuned for our weird, wacky, and wonderful world of parenting segment as I found a new location to hold your next event that is COVID-friendly, and even guests from overseas can uh, can attend as well. So everyone, everyone that you love can be with you uh, on one pl- in one place, which is pretty hard to do these days. Now, I've also found a solution for your favorite chicken nuggets that is better for the environment and harms no animals in the making of it. And don't miss the tip of a week as I've got a new use for your floss that involves cake and cheese. So let's get into today's show. So the word sorry and the way we use it matters a lot. Uh, Although heartfelt apologies don't fully erase the hurt, they do express that you care and understand the situation. And that's really important because there have been multiple studies to show how sincere apologies do reduce anger and resentment, leading to better relationships. Now, we all know how to say sorry, even from a young age, but how can we teach our children to give a genuine apology that moves others whilst leaving them feeling empowered and not humiliated? Because I don't know about you, but I know, you know, if you see your child do something, especially to another child, like whack them, you're instantly like, say sorry. And uh, you're really pushing that whole uh, process onto the child really, really quickly. And is it heartfelt or is it not? You know, or is it just like, I'm sorry. You know, when your kids say that sorry and you know that they don't really mean it. Well, today we're going to, you know, we're going to try and work out a way for that not to happen. So let's get Rachel Schofield on Zoom to teach us how we can get our children to take responsibility for their actions and give heartfelt apologies. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Rachel, why is it important that we teach our children to take responsibility for their actions? Yeah, right. So I I think all of us as parents, we want kids that are going to grow up and be kind and caring and compassionate and fit in well to society. And part of that is being responsible and caring. And so if we can help our kids do that, like that's great. Absolutely. And I guess, you know, one of the things that we have with our children is they do things that they shouldn't do. Um, And they're not very good at apologizing for us sometimes. So, you know, how can we teach our children to give more heartfelt apologies that actually mean not just like, Oh, sorry, brother. I know I just hurt you, but I don't really mean sorry. So how can we, yeah. How to give more (laughs) heartfelt apologies? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like we all know what that's like. Like kids are so quick at, picking up that all you have to do is say sorry and it lets you off the hook but it's you know it's really painful that kind of sorry (laughs) didn't mean it um so yeah it's easier to actually think about like what not to do and you know all of us as parents have been in this situation because it's the way that society gives us the message that we should help our kids with saying sorry and you know our kids done something wrong they've upset another kid somehow and we're feeling a little bit awkward inside and we're really wanting our kid to apologize. And so we find ourselves like saying, say sorry, like prompting them to get this sorry out. And if you look at it, the whole situation just doesn't work for anybody. Like as the parent, it's really uncomfortable. It 
being in that situation. For the, our child who we're trying to squeeze this apology out of, they're just feeling a bit shamed, a bit humiliated. Like we probably all have memories if we think back to our child of, of being in that situation. And it, it feels pretty rotten when someone's kind of trying to force you to apologize. And if you're on the receiving end of that, it doesn't feel so great either. Like this kid's saying, sorry, you're kind of meant to go, oh, okay. But you can tell it's not heartfelt. So, so nobody wins. And we don't really have any other idea of how to do it. Um, but what we can do, and it's what we'll kind of cover as we go on talking, is like we can really support our kid to get to the place where they can give that heartfelt apology. And we'll talk more about it. Because what, I guess, impact do heartfelt apologies have on people? I know when I've been given one, like it actually, you know, there's, there's a lot of impact on you when someone gives a proper apology. Oh, it, absolutely. And, and that's like, that's where to start is like if we all, we all have a memory somewhere of someone wronged us in some way and they managed to come and give us that really meaningful apology and you know you soften inside there's some sense of relief there's an acknowledgement of the wrongdoing that's really really important and we also start to feel a little bit more warmly towards that person um, so it's massive the impact and and there's loads of research too that backs that up that our personal experiences is what everyone else feels there's loads of research to show that um, meaningful apologies uh, lower levels of anger and resentment in relationships and, and make relationships go much better. So can you explain then your seven step plan for supporting kids getting to learn how to do these uh, meaningful apologies? Yeah, sure. So I will just say, like, I cannot, I do not imagine that a parent's going to be stood there in the situation kind of going through this little checklist, but there are sort of seven pointers that are really helpful to think about. And the starting point, number one, is to really recognize that your child needs support. Um, and if we think about it, kids are always doing their best. They, they want to fit in. When they, when they hurt someone, and it doesn't matter if they've done that intentionally or accidentally, they actually feel rotten inside. But sometimes it doesn't look like they care, but deep down they do. Deep down they feel ashamed, they feel bad. And they're hurting. And um, when a child is hurting, they can't think. And so they need our support to help them think better and be able to handle the situation well. So that's point number one. Um, the second step is actually helping them think well again. And what we can do there is we can recognize that when when a kid's done something wrong, they they may have actually been in a bad mood already. They may have already been feeling bad, or it may simply be because they've done something that's upset someone that's making them feel bad. But either way, they've got these hurt feelings. And if we move in um, close towards them and just offer our connection, sometimes that's enough for a child to be able to think a little bit better again. They've got us nearby. They've got us... Just they can feel our warmth and that helps a child's brain think a little bit better. And, and other times if we move in close, the safety that, our, that, our, that offers our kids is enough for them to actually let the feelings that they're holding inside bubble up and they might start crying or they might start getting angry. But either way, the feelings are coming up. And if they can let the feelings out of them, if they can release the feelings, they're letting go of the hurt 
And that's helping them to be able to think again, because once they've got the feelings out, they'll be able to, and it's actually going on in the brain. Like, so when the feelings are um, swamping their brain and they can't think, they're very much in their emotional brain and they can't access their thinking brain, the prefrontal cortex. But if we can get the feelings out the way, they'll be able to think again. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Good Start Early Learning. Good Start can nurture your little one right from the nursery through to kindergarten with the choices of a nine-hour, 10-hour or all-day session. Visit goodstart.org.au and inquire today. We do that. We move in, help our kid think well. And then the third step is like now our child's in a much better position to actually um, look at what's going on. And the first, the, so the third step is to help our child realize what's happened so that they can take responsibility. So as adults, we're, it's pretty easy for us to understand cause and effect of like what's happened but for children especially young children it's not obvious like it's not obvious that because they um kick the ball in the direction of lila the ball hit lila and that hurt her like sometimes they don't actually get what's happened and it might be completely obvious to us as an adult so it's really worth just explaining what happened like you swung your bag and Gypsy got hit and now she's crying because she was hurt. So just explaining what happened. And once they can understand what's happened, they're then in a really um, good position to actually take responsibility for it. Like you can't take responsibility for something if you don't even know what you've done. So they're in that good position. And at that point, we can help our child actually stick around the scene. So some kids, you know, they just want to get out of there <laughs> when they've done something wrong. It's like, I'm out of here. So we might need to bring our kid back and say, no, we'll just stay here because, you know, Gypsy's hurt and we'll just stay with her and check she's going to be okay. Um, and the fourth step is to actually just to pause and slow down. So at this point, most of us as parents are really wanting our kid to say that sorry or and to start making amends. And we tend to kind of rush it. Um, and we it can be a little bit jarring to be on the other end of. Like, so if if somebody's got hurt and they're crying, like that's not the moment to suddenly try and fix things up and rush out apologies because that child really can't process the words of what's being said. They're in the middle of their own upset. And the best thing we can do at that moment is just to um, stay nearby, offer our caring, like, are you okay? And at that point, we can also just let the child know what happened because they may have no idea out of nowhere this ball might have hit them on the head or this bag might have hurt them. Like, they may have no idea what's happened. So we can just do the same as we did for our kid. Like, you know, this is what happened. And sometimes that actually makes a, a child cry a little bit more, but that's okay because it's like the crying is them releasing the hurt that's already inside. And so we're just giving them space to be able to do that. Um, and then once both kids so that you're wanting both kids to get back to a place of being able to think again like to move through their feelings and once they've both got to that stage that's the time that we can move in with making amends and saying sorry so the fifth step is making amends and that really helps the child who's done something wrong like it's you can't stop someone's pain but you can do something to help the situation 
and it's so kids really like to be able to do something so if they hurt someone they can offer can I get you a band-aid or ice or if something's broken it's like let's see if we can fix it or maybe we need to buy a new one or if we've just done something that's um, sort of broken the relationship it's we can offer like I'm so sorry I did that but you know how can I make it up to you what can I do could I do this for you and we can just offer something the fourth step, no, what number am I on? Six. The sixth step is meeting social expectations of that's sorry. Like that's, this is the moment to say sorry. And um, if your child volunteers it, that's wonderful. That's great. And if they don't, we can offer it on their behalf. Um, and I think this is really particularly good for younger kids. Kids are smart learners. They want to do the right thing socially. They will c copy what we do. So if our child isn't jumping to say sorry, we can just say it on their behalf rather than prompting them. Um, and the more we do that, the more they will just begin to volunteer doing it themselves. So we meet that social expectation. We, we say the sorry, but we don't put our child in that really awkward position of like, say sorry. <laughs> we, you know, we're, we're avoiding that. And I think with older kids, it's um, it's fine to kind of just hold the expectation that they'll do it. And what I really like to do is take a, take a kid to one side. We don't want to be shaming them. We don't want to be saying this right in front of everyone, but like take them off to one side and kind of whisper in their ear. And, you know, when you feel ready, it would be really nice to offer a sorry. So it's not insisting that it happens. And it's letting them know that it's when they feel ready, when they've really got that place of feeling sorry, like that's when to say it. Um, and so we're just holding that out. That's what you do in this situation. It, it, it doesn't mean that they will necessarily do it in that moment, but over time you will get there. Over time they will do it. So and they will we do rush it sometimes as parents. We see that they've hurt someone. It's like, hey, sorry. So we can't <laughs> yeah. It's so true, isn't it? And like, I don't know if you've been on the other side of it, of like your child's been um, hit and they're really crying and somebody is like really trying hard to get some ice on that and your kid's not wanting it. And it's, it's yeah, it's just good to slow it down. And now we are on um, my seventh step, which is about giving reassurances. And what's really interesting here is that for the child that's been hurt, this is perhaps the most important thing. So I think the sorry is very pleasing for adults and very meaningful to adults. But the child who's been hurt, more than anything, they want to be assured that it won't happen again. So the way that that can be, that can be a really great thing to do. So if a child is able to say, I won't, um, I won't do that again or, you know, next time I'll be careful when I kick the ball. That's really, really meaningful to the child. Um, and so on this other bit is sometimes our kids are really quite out of sorts and they've done something hurtful or upsetting for another kid because they were out of sorts to begin with. And in that situation, our kid might like not be able to even offer that reassurance and we may not be confident that they're not going to do it again. And if we feel like that, that's a real signal to us that we need to be on friendly patrol, that we, you know, if we have that sense, we're probably right. Our kid's probably going to do it again. <laughs> and so it's our job to be on friendly patrol to get in there before they do it again, to stop it happening before it does. 
um, so that we can protect that kid, the other kid. Yeah, and I think it's us parents modelling as well, like what it takes to be good at apologising. So I know even, you know, we're not perfect parents. And I'm sure that there's times that many of us have had to apologise for our children, to our children. So I think it's also modelling, I guess, when we do the wrong thing too. Yeah, that is such a good point. It's like so important that we apologise to our kids when we muck up because it's like everybody makes mistakes and that's okay. And if we don't want to be shaming people about that, but to be able to model how we do it, like I mucked up, I did this, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah really true. And you've got a podcast as well that people can go and have a look at. So I, um, I've God, I have a few audios on my website, which people are most welcome to look at. Um, but if you go to my website, rachelschofield.com, um, I have a whole article about this saying sorry. And I've also got a, a free opt-in, which is all about what to do if you keep finding yourself losing it with your kids. People might find useful. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much uh, for sharing how we can uh, handle apologies a lot better because yeah, I've definitely got some work to do. I'm, I'm one of those parents who goes, just say sorry, hurry up. Like that's, that was mean what you just did. So yeah, no wonder why they keep doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so tempting to do that. Like, you know, like kind of be easy on yourself, like, but it's great to have another way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, fi- fix that issue uh, once and for all. Thank you so much, Rachel, for your amazing insights today. It was great to have you on the show. Oh, it's been really fun being here. Thanks. The weird, the wacky, and the wonderful in the world of parenting. Well, as you know, COVID-19 has definitely thrown a curveball into the world of socialization, events, and parties, especially. So most of us have been impacted by something being cancelled because we can't be together. So, you know, we've got the guest limits, there's no dancing, the idea of celebrating during this time seems pretty much impossible. So... The popular game Roblox has recreated a virtual space where friends and family can meet and have their very own virtual party. So each private space can hold up to 50 people for a virtual event like birthday parties, school events, or even office meetings. So this is definitely sounding like something from the future. You get an avatar and I don't know, seems pretty super cool. So a virtual space with Roblox, check it out. Now, if you're craving chicken nuggets, but you're concerned about animal welfare, well, have you tried a 3D printed chicken nugget? Sounds pretty gross to me, but KFC is partnering with a Russian bioprinting firm to create 3D printed chicken that looks and tastes exactly like the real thing, but it's more environmentally friendly. So the bioprinting firm uses animal cells to create meat with the same micro elements as real meat, but without additives or hormones. So this means that no animals are harmed in the biomeat's production, but it still tastes like a KFC chicken nugget. Let's see how that goes in the future. So staying on the topic of 3D printing, a Belgian company has reportedly become the first to print a complete house using Europe's largest fixed 3D concrete printer. So this two-story house is a 32 by 32 feet structure that is sturdier than brick-built homes and saves around 60% on materials, time, and budget. So there you go. If my kids start printing now, by the time they're 21, they'll have printed a house ready for them. It's pretty cool. If you're loving the PacMag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest.
It's time for Bree's Give It A Go Challenge. All right, for this week's challenge, I want you to connect with your community because social support is one of the most important factors in improving our physical and mental health. So I want you to find a group in your community that share the same interests as you and reach out to them. So by connecting with like-minded community, uh, it can make a difference. So it could be a gardening community, it could be a hiking community, it could be a rowing community. There's so many different ones that you could participate in, sporting groups, anything. Uh, So I want you to go and connect with one in your local community and uh, make some new friends. All right, this week's tip is utilizing dental floss to perfectly cut cakes, cheeses, and other soft foods. All you have to do is get a long piece of dental floss And you can cut cake slices perfectly with ease. Just remember to use unscented floss as no one wants minty fresh taste with their cheese or with their nice chocolate cake. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? All right, number one was forcing our children to say sorry is an awkward situation for everyone involved. So we as parents need to teach our child how to get to the stage where they can give a meaningful, heartfelt apology themselves. So... It has been proven that heartfelt apologies can lower levels of anger and make relationships stronger. So it's really important that we teach our child how to make a heartfelt apology. Uh, Number two was I love Rachel's seven pointers for teaching our children heartfelt apologies. So number one was to recognize your child's support, uh, that they need support, sorry. Uh, Number two was to help your child think well again. So moving close to your child and offering support can help your child open up their feelings and result in thinking better. Number three was to make your child realize that what has happened so they can take responsibility for it. Number four was pause and slow down. You want both children involved to be at a stage that they can process what's happened. And number five is making amends, offer something to help. Uh, Number six is meeting social expectations. If your child hasn't said sorry, so you apologize on their behalf. This teaches your child then what to do next time. And number seven was give some reassurance to the child that they've hurt uh, as well. Well, that's another episode. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Uh, Remember that any important links can be found in the show notes. So huge thank you for everyone, especially Rachel for joining us today. But until next time, parents, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.